Welcome to the International Collective of Female Cinematographers podcast, where every week we'll be talking to a different cinematographer and listening to their stories as they navigate the filmmaking world, sharing secrets and experiences to empower our community. The ICFC is a collective of professional female cinematographers from around the world who provide each other with community support and industry advocacy. We are your hosts, Fabienne and Amelia. And today we're so excited to welcome Kalila Robinson. We will be discussing underwater cinematography, her experience in documentary cinematography, how her Bermudan roots influence her approach to storytelling, and navigating the winding path of a career in cinematography. This is part two of our interview with Kalila Robinson. Is there, what piece of advice would you give your younger self, like looking back? Or something, something that you wish you knew when you were starting out? You know, it's interesting. I think my parents are both lawyers. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I feel like if you come out of a world that isn't sort of uh, uh, creatively focused, Mm -hmm. there can be this misconception that the sort of lack of a path is a is a bad thing that the lack of knowing the route to get there is 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 a, is a bad thing and it can be really intimidating for i feel like it was really intimidating for my 20 year old self mm-hmm. uh knowing that i had no idea how to get to what i wanted mm-hmm. uh, i had absolutely no idea i mean like eventually it took me a few years to realize that cinematography was the thing and that i want to be a dp but when i got there when I got to that realization, rather, I had no idea how to go about doing it. Like literally none. I was like, I don't know. And I think that 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 anxiety, you know, um, was was a lot. I think there's still, you know, some anxiety about the fact that like, hey, how do I get from where I am now, which I'm very proud of and I'm very happy about to where I want to be, though? You know, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. <laughs> I mean, one of the things that I think has been the most um, beneficial to my filmmaking career and my storytelling career and my cinematography career has been that meander, mm-hmm. has been that mind, has been documentary and, you know, editing and all these things that if there was like one path, this is the way to go and be a cinematographer, <laughs> I might never have experienced and yeah. I might be probably would be a less competent storyteller. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, it's it's hard again because you you get out of school and some people get out of school with like quite a lot of debt and like this anxiety about mm-hmm. hey I need to make money I need to feed myself I need to pay rent but I also have this overarching ambition that I mm-hmm. need to work towards and how do I do it and I think I think the thing that I would tell my younger self is hey the the the, the journey is you know not to be all cliched <laughs> like part yes. commercial but the journey is is the destination yeah. you know. It's cliche for a reason, you know, cliche for a reason. Right. Yeah. So and I think I'm I'm still (laughs) trying to get comfortable with that reality Mm -hmm. of, hey, I might not be exactly where I want to be right now in this moment, Kalila today. But at the same time, this process, this 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 process of being anxious and trying to figure it out and working towards one thing and stumbling into something else is actually probably the exact right place for me, even though mm. sometimes it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's what keeps it interesting, too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Honestly. Well, I mean, while we're looking towards the future, mm. sure. uh, um, if you could shoot anything in the world, anything at all, what would it be? Like, what, what is Kalila's dream project? Like, let's put it out into the universe. Yes. Okay. Can I have two? Yes, that's fine. <laughs> two is fine. Two I mean, is fine. Honestly. Dream big. Um, so I am 
massive fan of sci-fi huge freaking love sci-fi have loved sci-fi since i was a little kid and i love the television shows with puppets and cardboard sets (laughs) as much as i love you know (laughs) sci-fi with incredibly amazing computer generated images as much as i love sci-fi that's very much a normal like semi-future world that Mm -hmm. has very small indications Mm -hmm. that hey we're actually in some sort of science fiction future Mm -hmm. um I would love, absolutely love to be a part of a, a of a television show mm-hmm. um, that is sci-fi based. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of mm-hmm. most recently there was a show called The Expanse yeah. that was freaking awesome yeah. and I loved it and I desperately wanted to move to Toronto and be a part and figure out like literally just like insert myself onto a show or a stage <laughs> or a bar and yeah. find somebody who'd be like hey by the way I also shoot you want me to come shoot <laughs> yeah. your, your TV show yeah. um that didn't happen it it, it uh has been it didn't that get canceled didn't work it out it is run. It didn't work. Um, but you know, back in the day, Battlestar Galactica yeah. reboot. You would have killed to be on that show. Yeah. Um, the new Star Trek Discovery. I would. Oh my gosh, mm. I freaking love sci-fi. Love it. Love it. Mm. Love it. I want to do sci-fi. Sci-fi TV would be amazing. Um, I think it's so awesome. Also, that there are so many badass, diverse female like characters in sci-fi these yeah. days. It's like so like mad, mad repping. Come on, yeah. snap, snap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so one of my dream goals, whatever, whether it's you know, it could be a it could be a movie series. You know, mm. I would would not say no to working on a Star Wars. <laughs> <wouldn't. laughs> yeah. Join the Star Wars fan. I guess, I guess I'll do that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so like whether it's a television or movies, something in the sci-fi space because I love, I just adore it. Mm. It's one of my favorite genres. I think yeah. that. Not again to get all philosophical, but I think one of the mo- like most interesting ways to have like some of the most true conversations about the, our present circumstance mm-hmm. is by abstracting mm-hmm. some aspect mm-hmm. of the story, whether it's making it period or making it sci-fi mm-hmm. or making it Western. You can have a more honest conversation in a way that mm-hmm. people don't get so reactionary against the fact that they feel, you know, or, or defensive about feeling attacked. And so I love as as storytellers, as filmmakers, I think that we are having a conversation with the community yeah. about our place, our human place in existence right now. And I think that science fiction for me has always been one of the most interesting ways to examine all sorts of aspects of culture and class and, uh, you know, our our, our, our sort of existential yeah. sort of anxiety about being like, like this small blip of existence in this enormous universe. So I would love, love, love to be part of a sci-fi show. Yeah, um, I mean, sci-fi is built actually to yeah. reflect the anxieties of, of the present in time in which it's made exactly <laughs> exactly no. I'm a, i was i'm a sci-fi I actually did a my specialty in film theory when i was an undergrad was cyborg cinema particularly so oh, fantastic. Cyborg, cinema. Yeah, cyborg cinema yeah anyway oh, wow i actually wrote a paper about uh the badass women of sci-fi nice. uh, it, at the time it was you know um sigourney reavers mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. linda hamilton's uh, sarah connor mm-hmm. and you know uh, talking about how this badass uh, femininity was acceptable because they were both representing mothers, you yep. know, obviously the mother of John Connor and the mother of, well, essentially the mother, the uh, adoptive mother of Newt. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, obviously, they're both the, the the two movies that I focus on were both James Cameron movies, bizarrely, but, <laughs> you know, it's still, oh, gosh, I, I freaking love sci-fi. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, always will. Um, Rock. Um, so that's one. Okay. That's one of the things. And then like Lawman, like a couple of other things, I've always... I, I, I've considered myself uh, a hyphenate, a multi-hyphenate probably, mm. you know, obviously we're all filmmakers across the board. Obviously as filmmakers, we're all storytellers. <laughs> um, 
I think of myself from like the disciplinary perspective as a cinematographer, first and foremost. But at the same time, there are always stories and maybe it's as a result of being Bermudian, but Mm. there are always stories that I've been really, really keen to see made because, Mm -hmm. again, as a Bermudian, our history gets subsumed into British history or Mm -hmm. like, you know, completely ignored in favor of American history, even though our history is integral to, you know, the foundation of America, the fact that the Americans beat the Brits in the, the American Civil War. There's there's such a fascinating history from mm-hmm. a Bermudian perspective that never is taught to Bermudian kids because mm-hmm. we learn English history in the succession of like kings, blah, 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 yeah. war. Right. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and so there are certain stories that I either hear about or read about or uh, am told that I then they, they they're like earwigs. They mm-hmm. get stuck in my head and I'm like, I need to, you know. I need to be a part of making this happen. Mm. And I'm not a writer. I love writers. I think writers are fantastic. But God, it scares the crap out of me looking at a blank page and just being like, what next? Well, there's there's know, AI for that now. I don't know if you've heard, yeah, but there's AI yeah. for that. Oh, right. right. Yes, I'm just AI. kidding. I yeah, support not. the strike. Yeah, we support the strike. We support writers. We support writers. So, yeah, so there's this point where... Um, I, I don't want to write because it takes me forever. I've tried it a few times and it takes me, you know, months and months to get a few pages. But I do really like sharing sort of ideas for stories with writers mm-hmm. and working with them to develop stories that I very much Ooh. want to shoot. Yeah. So I've got a couple of projects that um, uh, I have scripts for right now that, you know, we don't have any money. So <laughs> we haven't made them yet. Hopefully we'll get some, you know, either grants or find a production company that'd be keen to, to see them made. But very often these stories involve... Um, women of color, strong mm. women of color in environments, whether it's, you know, Western sci-fi, whatever, mm-hmm. that uh, women aren't typically portrayed as anything but side characters. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple of stories that are very Bermudian history focused that like, you know, that I could I see as like a sort of modern day master and commander that I would like to tell because Ooh. the Bermudian history of this, the founding of the island is integral to this founding of uh, the sort of uh, and the maintenance of the Jamestown colony, colony in the U.S. that, you know, again, <laughs> nobody nobody talks about. So like there there are there are a couple of projects that I, I consider myself a sort of creative producer on and I want to see and I, I, I fully intend to continue being involved in the the generation of ideas process because I do think that there are there are stories that will appeal to you and you and me that will be different from what like you know yeah. some executive in some office will think is interesting. But there are so many audience members that have the same sim- or similar taste to all three of us, and yeah. I think that. You know, yeah. we live in a world where thankfully the sort of um, the, the democratization of the creative process as a result of, you know, this equipment that is, you know, so much cheaper, but also so fantastic means that we can get to the point where we can all create these stories that that hopefully yeah. we will, will resonate with audiences. So yeah. so that's my number two. It's not it's not a specific project, but it's like a canon of work. Yeah. <laughs> that nice. Nice. I hope to create over my career, you know. Yeah. We'll accept it. We'll accept it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's that's great. It's, it's really inspirational, um, yeah, to start taking control of your own stories as well. So, Need to hire an underwater cinematographer in the Caribbean? Or a drone-certified cinematographer in South America? How about a Mandarin-speaking cinematographer that can work in Europe? We gotcha. Our comprehensive database of over 300 members is searchable by location, language, specialties, affiliations, and genre slash categories. Visit our site now and find your next superstar collaborator at icscfilm.com. Yeah, yeah. I think the one thing that's kind of tough 
and I, 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 I wonder if you guys feel the same, mm. but I know that it's like true for so many of the, the disciplines in film is that, you know, especially as people who have to pay bills and have to live on something. Yeah. We often are in situations where we're waiting for mm-hmm. you know, projects to come to us. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the one of the most uh, uh, frustrating parts of the, the creative experience is not necessarily getting to, you know, work on things that are really sort of uh at close to what the story that you want to tell in your your heart is, mm-hmm. you know, and and as not writers or as not directors, often we don't originate those ideas. But yeah. I do think that you know we're all storytellers, and so I think there are a lot of a lot of stories out there that, you know, if we had if we won the lottery tomorrow, would we would be the things that we would be pushing to be a part of? And yeah. I don't necessarily want to wait for somebody to offer me a sci-fi show. Maybe I'll just create one. <laughs> well, I'm I'm right there with you, actually. Like I think. Um, I'm just one of those people that like I hate waiting around for things to happen. Yeah. And some, I'm like I'm a very patient person usually, but sometimes I'm just like I just need to make things happen. And, you know, if things yeah. are not going to happen yeah. to me, I will make them happen. Well, because it's that exactly. lack of control that you're it's like, like, why yeah. can't I can't move it? So I'm going to move it myself. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think, but I think you're being very smart about it. Um, I mean, I think you know, like I've I've talked to a few. I have a few friends and collaborators who work in other disciplines, in which like had that same feeling. Like, um, I work with an artist, and she's a screenwriter, and she's an actress, and like we've been talking. We, we I do all of her music videos, and like right. we've been talking recently, and she's like, we re- we should really go into narrative. Like, you've got the camera yeah. skills, I've got the writing skills, let's do something. Yeah. I'm like, yes, let's do it. Absolutely. Because like, you know, like nobody's going to give us that opportunity. So we might mm-hmm. as well just create it for ourselves. And I think like finding the right people who will like take that energy and just go with it. I, 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 I really promote and I'm part of a lot of groups. Like I'm part of this um, women's writings group. Um, it's mostly writers, but there's a bunch of actresses in there. There's like a couple editors, right. there's a couple directors mm. in there and right. um, all with that same energy, just like, okay, yeah. we're just going to do it. We're just going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite, um, one of my absolute favorite humans and one of my favorite collaborators is a woman named Amy Aniobi. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love her. Mm-hmm. We were roommates for a number of years. She is like one of the most baller writers that I've ever met. Uh, Mad Hustle. Props to that girl for being like the most hustled, hustled, hustly. I don't know what the like. <laughs> I like all those options. So yeah, yeah, yeah great. having the greatest hustle. Um, and she was a writer on, you know, uh, a staff writer when she first left uh, film school mm-hmm. and uh, was, you know, doing a project, getting paid, all great stuff. And she wrote a spec script that was very close to her heart and that I thought was brilliant. Mm-hmm. And like it got her, obviously it got her interviews. It did whatever. It didn't get picked up to go to pilot. And, you know, one of the, our first uh, projects together was, you know, I I'd read it and I was like, Amy, this is about three 20 something women living in L.A. in apartments trying to like, you know, do the hustle of getting to the next stage of their lives uh this is us to <laughs> let's just do it you know yeah we're gonna buy it fine screw those people they're idiots we're why don't we just do it and i had my 5d mark ii all right <laughs> yeah. camera, camera was sponsorship yeah. that's another sponsorship yeah, we have yeah, yeah. on this episode i mean <laughs> i think you would be hard pressed to find a cinematographer who did not start off on the 5d oh, exactly. mark ii mark three mark four yeah, what is our generation, our generation. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly exactly so yeah so i was like amy why don't we just make it. And so, yeah, we we went and we got together with a couple of friends. She hired some actors and we got like, you know, my my trusty Subaru 
Forrester's worth of gear from mm-hmm. Wooden Nickel. Mm-hmm. And we shot this web series called The Slutty Years um, and nice. put it on YouTube. And, you know, and it was one of the like, the, I mean, did it have the greatest audience, the biggest audience? No. But like it was a great way for us to yeah. sort of start honing our, our creative muscle. And then many years later, she was uh, an EP and a writer on Insecure. And she was like, hey, I'm really like wanting to move into the space of directing as well and she's like Mm -hmm. i don't have any directing credits i well she was considering uh, applying for the afi directing workshop for women Mm -hmm. um which it didn't align because her her work schedule for HBO was so like, you know, would, would overlap. Mm-hmm. But she was like, I really want to move into the, the directing space. And again, she had this pilot that was brilliant that I thought was awesome. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it got her meetings. It definitely got out there, but it, it didn't get picked up to pilot. And I was like, Amy, why don't we just why don't we just do this? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, she was also very much involved. I'm like, you know what? Let's just do this. And we, <laughs> we made uh, another a short film called Honeymoon. We mm-hmm. went down to Mexico and took a bunch of people and just like shot it in Mexico. Amazing. And it's like my favorite pro I think it's one of the absolutely most beautiful projects that we have created and she got to cut her teeth as a director on this project and it was because yeah we just decided you know what screw it we're gonna do it ourselves mm-hmm. nobody's gonna nobody's gonna let us do it fuck it we don't need we don't need that permission we're just gonna do it and yeah. you know some of my most favorite experiences as a human and as a filmmaker have come because we like had something that we were really passionate about mm-hmm. and maybe the moneyed people didn't see that passion mm-hmm. but we were like screw it we're gonna do it ourselves and sometimes I've gotten myself into financial issues by spending way too much money <laughs> on things that I wanted to do that I probably couldn't afford but hey at the end of the day I'm a happier human and a happier filmmaker for having tried mm-hmm. You know, mm. and gone out there and tried things and yeah. uh, done the things that I wanted to do. And hopefully it'll pay off in the end. I mean, it's already paid off. It probably yes. is paying off in dividends that I can't see directly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I think sometimes get caught up on like maybe the financial aspect or the, you know, growth, the career growth aspect of what we do. Like, um, and especially if you're doing a short film, like if you get paid for it, you're good uh, half the time. <laughs> Financially speaking, but um, I feel that a lot of, at least for my project, the project I've done, like I've just seen like these dividends, as you call them, you know, pay off in like so many ways. Um, I've either seen like a professional growth in how I approach things or just like a professional growth in like my network or like I the technical growth. So like, I think there's just so many ways one can see these dividends in one's life. I mean, or just like I made a great friend from, you know, like from a film, you know, sometimes I think. We forget you know, that. One of the things that's, you know, maybe, I don't know if it's a uh, a good personality trait or not. Like, I uh, am antsy, which is why I couldn't work in development. Because mm. down mm. all day, every day, it was just not going to work for me. <laughs> couldn't do it. Um, but so, you know, I'll get to the point where I'm exhausted from work and I'm mm-hmm. like, I definitely need some time off. And then like literally 48 hours later, I'm like, I need to go on set. Mm-hmm. I need to be somewhere. I need to move around. And so I've definitely yeah, gone on to shows and, and agreed to do things that were way under what, hey, my my rate should have mm-hmm. been or what like my value would have been. But I have met some of the greatest collaborators, as you said. I've mm-hmm. met some I, I've, I've got chances to explore different ideas. Um, uh, I think that the the sort of the value of you know different projects it's hard it's it's hard to quantify you know yeah. every in the commodified world that we live in you want to put a money value on things but that's not how the arts work mm-hmm. and i know that we're a art and a business which is frustrating yeah. but like but also kind of you know well, the reality of what the film industry is but i think that you always have to recognize as artists that 
yeah, there there might be a non-monetary value that is greater than any any rate you could get. Yeah. And you know, and sometimes there isn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes no, sometimes there isn't funny sometimes there are some projects that you're just like, this is what's paying my rent next month. Yeah. And that's fine. Yep. That and is that's that's absolutely that's fine. fine. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. even with so, those ones, you're learning something. Yeah. Like, exactly. It's impossible not to learn something because bad or good, you're you're gaining skills for the future, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, sometimes it's all that money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Need to hire a cinematographer? No. Wait, what? And you're still listening to us? Oh, you're being supportive. We really appreciate that. We really do. What's that? How can you support us even if you can't hire us? Well, you can tell people who are looking for IDP to take a gander at our extensive 300 plus member database. Or you can always help us out with donations. If you want to help us out with, um, you know, monetary support, you can go to icscfilm.com slash friends to donate. We're an all-volunteer run group, so we rely on donations to keep the lights on. Not the literal lights we use, though. Production foots the bill on those. Although, if someone wants to send us a 10K with power for our next project, we won't say no to that either. Okay, so we're last uh, launching into our last big baddie difficult question actually a lot of people oh, have a lot hard. of so yeah, it, is, oh, yeah, yeah. it is a hard one actually. <laughs> a, little right, nervous. So, <laughs> a little nervous here um so it's a three was your child no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um so it's a three-pronger uh, okay so what is one your favorite movie Ooh. two your comfort hard. movie, like the movie that huh? like you'll watch when you just like you had a crappy day and you come home and you just need to feel better. Right. And then the third one is like, what is the movie that has influenced you as a cinematographer the most or your cinematography the most? And it could be a TV show. I, and I say movies because sure. we tend to do movies, but it could be TV shows. Too. Sure. sure. Um, I will start out by saying I hate the word favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> so often the answer. Hate it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hate it immensely because uh, I don't believe that I have a favorite. I have I have the ones my 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 you know uh, what's it called go tos. Mm-hmm. I have a, you know probably a top I don't know ten that like they're all vying for like you know the top spot in my heart. But on a different day it'll be a different movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know I like you know so I, I hate that I hate I, I've had that question yeah. you know since yeah. since college of oh what's your favorite movie it's like i don't have a favorite movie there are so many movies well, we can we can narrow it down too is there yeah, anything yeah, the last yeah. couple of years that you've that yeah been especially oh i mean like you know one of them uh, i guess it's not really the last couple of years but um Whatever you know obviously like. one of my like favorite even though it's incredibly bleak but i love the book too mm-hmm. um is uh no country for old men yeah, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know roger deakins just did a mm-hmm. mess full job I, 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 you know, Cormac McCarthy writes some really beautiful, but mm-hmm. really bleak stuff. And yeah. I have always been a big uh, re- reader. I mm-hmm. love, I love books. Um, I think the first iteration of me as a cinematographer was obviously reading books and imagining the, the, mm-hmm. you know, what, what was on the page in my head, um, even before, you know, watching movies at, at home on VHS first and then DVD. <laughs> um, and then obviously in theaters. <laughs> I know only those. <laughs> But uh, like that's one of the most recent ones that I've just been like, oh my god! But like, there's so many good ones. I mean, like, oh man, Jaws, mm-hmm. uh, Silence of the Lambs, uh, a very long engagement. Yes, the, uh, thank you for saying that. 
freaking love that one movie. of my favorites Ugh. holy crap uh beautiful right yeah. um i was recently like literally the other day uh, i was flipping through the channels just having background mm -hmm. noise on and seven came up i like really disturbing stuff i really like <laughs> <believe. laughs> Seven is also seven. in like an AFI favorite too because yeah, we watch it like it twenty times. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah. So you know, gosh. So the word favorite is difficult for mm -hmm. me, but uh, but yeah. I mean, I don't know. There's there's a, I also it, and it's something that I actually do with books as well as uh, movies, which might be weird. Um, if I find a passage that I like or a scene that I like, I literally will go and just watch that clip over, like that scene over and over again. I remember um, Road to Perdition came out when I was in college. And, uh, you know, the movie as a whole is beautiful. I mean, it's not my favorite story, but mm -hmm. like visually it's one of the most striking movies i remember seeing in my college days and uh i when i got i got the dvd uh, a couple of years later and i literally the scene uh in the rain where tom hanks you know it, it like kills paul newman oh spoiler alert sorry guys um <laughs> it's just like i would watch that again and again i was like oh my god the way this is done uh respect wow. connie hall mm -hmm. um so yeah, I, I similarly with books, I'll find passages that I absolutely love or chapters that I love. Mm -hmm. I'm such a nerd. And I will go Lovely. and I will like not reread the whole book because who has time to reread books that you've already read? Mm -hmm. I mean, some people do, but I, I just can't. But I'll read a chapter that I love over and over and mm -hmm. over and over again. And so uh, if, I, if I have favorites, it's like I have favorite scenes in movies that mm -hmm. I just think are either cinemata cinematographically brilliant or actingly brilliant mm. or whatever it is or mm. that oh, combination obviously so um sorry that's not an answer that's, great. that's a great answer. answer okay okay, okay. Uh, switch to yes so like the movie that your comfort movie your guilty pleasure movie the one that makes yeah. you feel good on a rainy day and like that sort of thing I'm going to be such a dick because I'm going to once again be like, it's not one, it's two. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Lila makes her own rules. <laughs> my own rules. <laughs> um, I have a couple of movies that like literally at any point in the movie, I will stop and I will watch them through and I love them. Mm -hmm. And one of my absolute favorites is uh, Ang Lee's Sense and Sensibility. Mm -hmm. I freaking love that movie. It's so really? great. It's mm -hmm. so beautiful. Um it's so well acted. It's, I mean, like, it's, I, I just love everything about it. You know, I think mm. it's fantastic. And yeah, literally any point that I come in, if I'm flipping through and it's on, I will watch it mm. and I will watch it through to the end because I love it. Um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird one. I don't know, whatever. Oh, I love it. Um, and then cable? another one. You keep talking Pardon? about flipping through. Do you still have cable? I have this weird <laughs> box thing that is essentially like cable. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You said that and a couple of times. And I was like, is that still a still thing where you're flipping through bit? cable? And you um, no, I love it. That's I mean, amazing. Uh, I, in college, uh, we... We used to like I, I did a summer theater um, with like my theater group and we would, you know, have parties afterwards and we would get a little out of sorts and we would honestly put on Sense and Sensibility. I think we watched <laughs> Sense and Sensibility like 20 times that summer. Nice. Yeah, so we're weirdos. Um, <laughs> love it. Angley props. Um, so another one, absolutely bloody love. I think it's the greatest action movie ever made. Speed. Yeah. Yes. Speed. Yes. I forgot yes. we talked about this before. Guilty yes. pleasure. Speed. I, yeah. I had that yeah. on VHS when I was a kid. I didn't see it in theaters because I wasn't allowed. I wasn't old enough. But like, uh, we got it on VHS when we went to visit my grandparents in the states. And uh, yeah, I watched in the first year that I owned that VHS. I watched it seventy-two times. 
Wow. Amazing. My mom caught me watching it for the third time that day. One night, it was like midnight and I had school the next day and she was furious. She was like, what are you doing? Go to bed. And I was like, oh. It's just gripping. Every moment is just anxiety and craziness. And I love it. Absolutely. Was that the score? That's definitely my, yeah, that is in fact. I used to be able to recite it line for line from start to finish. That's Another episode where Kalia just, just tells just, us yeah, speed. about speed. But I love it. It's so good. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, so. okay. And don't get me wrong. There's a lot of great, especially Keanu Reeves action movies from the 90s. Catherine Bigelow's uh, 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 Point Break mm. being absolutely like one of my favorites as well. But speed is my guilty mm. pleasure. I love the hell out of that movie. Love yeah. it. And movie that has affected you as a cinematographer or influenced you as a cinematographer or whose cinematography has affected you the most. Oh, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. Okay. Take a second. I am gonna have to take a second. <laughs> Look out the window. I think that like, yeah, do I have I actually kind of have a couple. Damn it, Kalila. That's fine. Focus on one thing. <laughs> nah, this is you. This is your personality. We yeah, love it. Is, I'm just gonna take it all, guys. Yeah, yeah. Give me an angel, I'll take a mile and a half. Um no, one of the movies that again I was uh, again I uh, funnily enough I just said that I don't rewatch I reread books but I definitely rewatch some movies and as a kid I mean okay back in the day you didn't have streaming so you just had the VHSs mm-hmm. and the DVDs yeah. that you had so you had to watch the same things over and over again um, but uh, one of the movies that I loved and I used to this is like uh, also says something about my psyche I used to watch it at the beginning of every summer growing mm-hmm. up on an island mind Jaws uh, <laughs> Jaws absolutely adore it it's so it's 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 really interesting uh butler he's phenomenal Mm -hmm. uh but like you know it's a beautifully made film Mm -hmm. and like you know the sort of spielberg oneers where Mm -hmm. there's a lot that happens the camera move and the actors blocking is so well choreographed Mm -hmm. that you can get incredible versatility out of single takes you know yeah. without it feeling like a oneer in mm-hmm. like the sort of modern context of a oneer um was was something that i i didn't even recognize i was like taking in mm-hmm. as, over the you know multiple decades of, of watching that movie you know i like yeah i i yeah i used to watch it at the beginning of every summer and then <laughs> i'd spend the entire summer swimming thinking oh, i should swim a little closer yeah. to the beach at least one person mm-hmm. so that that person gets eaten by whatever shark is yeah <laughs> that's brain worked wow um, that's how it works yeah you know they also were out on um you know on on a boat out in you know that wasn't like a, a all of the orca stuff wasn't on a, a sound stage it wasn't in a tank they were actually out in the open ocean yeah. and i read somewhere about michael chapman who was i think the uh the camera operator on that movie mm-hmm. i might be mistaken that i'm pretty sure that's right though um and you know like doing all the handheld work for it like on the boat i mean like you know i oh. as a again as a kid who was a diver and loves like the the ocean and loves sharks i love sharks mm-hmm. i mean i'm you know i i hate that what what the book and the movie have done unfortunately to the shark population mm-hmm. but i mm-hmm. love the of that movie um the other movies are terrible it's just two and just <laughs> three and just are terrible but john the original is still brilliant and yeah i think it, it had an impact and i we watched we watched it in class right Bugs, I our think second so yeah or at least shows or something. no he, he came to show the conversation didn't he oh yeah yeah yeah, mm. yeah. Right. Oh, uh, but like, it's all mixing together yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's one of those things where, yeah, uh, watching it as a film student 
with a much broader vocabulary of the filmmaking process, I realized just how brilliant it is much, much later than, you know, the you know early days of just watching it repeatedly on VHS. Uh, so love that movie. Mm. Respect. Rob Spielberg. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I guess, you know, I, I definitely think the work of Darius Kanji, I mm. mean, we, we just talked about a very long engagement. I love, love his movies. Um, mm. I think there's something really beautiful and there's like uh, probably too many for me to name that, that are striking visually that feel they, they feel right, even though they're hyper real, you know, um, I think that that's, that's something really um, I, I just I, I just remember being again in, in college watching movies uh, on the on the, uh, you know, big screen. We would mm. have like a thing called flicks every Friday night and mm. they would show, you know, movies. And and I, yeah, I think a very long engagement and all those. Yeah. Uh, mm. Quick fact check. That's Bruno Delbano, actually. Oh, that's that my boy. Yeah. yeah. That's the yeah, second yeah, collaboration but with he, Audrey. Yeah. But yes. Darius at all yes. of his older yeah, he yeah, did, yeah, like, yeah. Um, yeah. city of lost children that's and stuff true. like that that's true sorry just because that's <laughs> my boy no 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 you're, you're, you're absolutely right <laughs> it's kind of like the jean-pierre Jeunet movies yeah. are like just generally my jam yeah. and i always forget that he didn't do that one yeah well, well, yeah, Kalila. <laughs> there's is gonna come after us he's gonna listen yeah. to this and he's gonna be Edit like that, that part oh. out. <laughs> <laughs> hello man my bad yep 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 B-Cine is a woman and Latina-owned boutique camera rental house based in Los Angeles. They are passionate about the nuanced design that goes into visual storytelling and as such are committed to supporting filmmakers tell their stories with the best tools available. Plus, for busy cinematographer or camera crew parents, they also offer childcare services during prep. So when you're looking for camera rentals for your next project, check out their extensive repertoire of optics and cameras at www.bcine.com or write to rentals at bcine.com for general inquiry. But yeah, no, I think that there's something I, I didn't. Hmm, I'm going to get in trouble for this as well. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of the French New Wave. Ooh, oh, my gosh. Mary's going to Mary's going to shock hard. I am, <laughs> no, I am, I am not either. So, yeah, okay, I agree see, with okay, you. Good, I agree yeah. with you. Yeah, nope, I have that noise. Overrated. Be it. No, I'm joking. I, I appreciate putting <laughs> elements, but as a whole, I appreciate yeah. what it's done for cinema. It really yeah, did absolutely. change the way absolutely. a lot of we the way we do things. But yeah, in right. itself, I'm 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 not yeah. about it. I appreciate well, it yeah. intellectually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't it doesn't resonate with me emotionally yeah. in the yeah. way that it does with some people. So yeah. that's probably a more accurate yes. way yeah. to yeah. say. <laughs> yeah. Um but one of the things that did the sort of reactionary uh, results in French cinema was the cinema de look, which mm-hmm. the stories are m- much more pulpy, much more fluffy. Mm-hmm. You know, there's movies like Diva and Subway mm-hmm. um, that are, it, you know, yeah, it, they're like dime novels. They're not the greatest stories, mm-hmm. but they're beautiful. And I think that, you know, and, and maybe I'm wrong and maybe somebody who's a, a, a French film historian will say, no, actually, this is a different aspect. But I think that 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 sort of reaction against the French New Wave, mm-hmm. like the whole swath of, of films that came out in the 80s and 90s and mm-hmm. early 2000s out of uh, the French directors were, were really fa- phenomenal. And mm-hmm. I, I saw, you know, um, quite a lot of them and I, I really love them and I think they're they're beautiful in ways that American movies aren't as often uh, sort of expressive and experimental and yeah. willing to push as far that's not entirely fair obviously because there are there are uh, you know niches within American cinema but I think the American focus on 
uh, commercial cinema, at mm-hmm. least that we, you know, as as lay audience people who didn't have access to, you know, art house movies mm-hmm. to the same degree as we did to, you know, big blockbusters. Yeah. But I think that like, yeah, there's there's the the sort of French movements um, that are really, really striking visually that I I aspire to a little bit, even though I haven't really made a lot of movies that have a very similar tone. But, nah, mm-hmm. you know, that's one day. One day. Yeah, yeah, one day. working towards it. <laughs> exactly. Um, is there anything that we didn't touch on that you would want to say or discuss or yeah. time now? <laughs> um, I don't know. I think that's good. I think it's good. Yeah. good. I mean, yeah. good to me. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, where can we find you on the internet? Oh, oh, my socials. Your yeah, socials. Sure. Yeah, yeah. If we wanted to hire you or follow yeah. you, like, yeah. where, where, where would we find you? Well, I mean, the most obvious one is my website. It's KalilaRobinson.com. Um, and yeah, you have like links to my uh, reel and some like examples of my work and some trailers and stuff like that. And some, uh, it has my contact information. Maybe I shouldn't have my actual phone number in my actual email. A lot of people I just deleted that. that recently because I was like, yeah. why do I have my phone number on my website? <laughs> I know. But you know, that is, that is like a way to check me out. And then... Um, Obviously, I have an Instagram. Uh, I don't know why I said it like that. What is wrong with me? <laughs> uh, it is DP Kali, K A L I, on Insta. And I probably have a Facebook. I don't know. I mean, I do, I'm sure. But I don't. I think it's private. I think that's like, was, that's for Kalila Robinson, the human, not Kalila Robinson, the DP. You know? I will say that I am from uh, a generation where I don't naturally, I'm not naturally inclined towards uh, the whole social mm. posting thing. And it is something that's really really a struggle for me and actually this most recent iteration of hosting the ICFC page was like I literally take hours to write out the things mm-hmm. and I then I read them back and I read them aloud my mom was like part of it like uh the last couple of days I was like okay so listen to this DP Kalik here again blah 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 I was like I'm like it 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 take it's like a it's like work for yeah. me and I yeah something I mean, like it, it like, is work though it is natural. work yeah. yeah it is a full time yeah. job and I don't have the patience for it either if I'm being honest yeah yeah I do want to share things I do have projects that I'm really proud of that you know I want to blast oh. and like let people know mm-hmm. about but I also it it honestly is daunting the idea of sitting yeah. down and creating even a little post uh, often so I I you know much to I'm sure a few people chagrin I'm quite bad at it but i'm gonna try to be better going forward yeah yeah so insta um i'm on linkedin but is that a thing that we use i don't even know Uh, (laughs) yeah luckily my name is my name is pretty uh unique you know so if you look for kalila with an h uh and robinson i am most of the uh you know now too right Mm. i am repped yeah, yeah by alexandra uh creatives in new york so yeah nice Congrats. Yeah. Congrats. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you, Kalina. This was awesome. <laughs> Hope it was helpful. It was well, amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> So Kalila. Kalila Robinson. She was in my year at AFI and like she was the human that just was like the most energetic and magnetic and just like everyone loved her. I mean, I really do think that's true. Like I, you know, she just, I don't know. She just... 
She's a, she's a little ball of sunshine. Like exactly. I, I, I was a year ahead of you guys. And like every, I, every time I run into Kalila at one of the events, because cinematography yeah. events well, <laughs> in this world, she's just like so positive and so yeah. energetic and like so real. I just I just love her. I always feel energy. better around her. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I just gravitate towards her and I force her to be one of my really close friends. And I hope she's OK with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not biased at all. Uh, <laughs> Um, no, I think I think she touched upon a lot of things that were just really interesting. Um, for me, one of the things that like uh, I would want to echo in general is just that the idea that like there's no one path yeah. and that to in this career and that it's not a straight shoot. It's like this yeah. meandering path and like it's unique to each of us. And I think her being comfortable with that um, and uh, continuously making an effort to be comfortable with that, I think is mm-hmm. really, really important to hear. Because yeah. um, again, everything, everyone's path is, we're all trying to out here feel like, like what is the secret formula? How do I get mm-hmm. to where I need to get? And like accepting that, like getting to, you might not be where you want, where you are, but getting here is again, to, Quote, the journey is the destination and like that's what's yeah. really beautiful about this yeah well it's just like and not only is it like the meandering path is okay but i, I honestly think it makes people a better cinematographer or a better yeah. director or whatever because we understand so much more than just our narrow view of what is going on mm-hmm. and if you're only focused on your one you know discipline and not thinking about how other people you need to collaborate with others or maybe you need to like give or you know or push or do whatever to help everyone else like it's such a collaborative medium and understanding it yeah. holistically will only make you a better cinematographer so like not only is that okay but i think actually it should be encouraged you know yeah. you should be learning all these things you should be meandering in a way because if you skip steps or if you do the direct mm-hmm. path you might not have all the tools that would help you be you know the best DP that you could be or whatever discipline you're in. Yeah, no, I think she's had such a rich life and that's Mm -hmm. made her such a rich storyteller. And you can just Mm -hmm. tell even the way she tells her stories, like on the podcast, you can see that that there's a a really a wealth of life experience there. And Mm -hmm. I think that's really what makes all of us really unique. Yeah, well, especially because we can get like so when you're when your passion becomes your job, that can become your only thing. And yeah. then suddenly we like we we are as cinematographers or anyone who's in the filmmaking business, we are helping translate the human experience. And if mm-hmm. we are not experiencing that and we're only giving all of ourselves just to this one singular thing, we're not going to have all that wealth of information yeah. to draw on, too. So it's. Like I struggle with that, that I'm sometimes too just in this world and I'm like, but now I can't think about anything else besides filmmaking and that's yeah. not real life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I've, I've taken breaks in my life where I'm just like, okay, I need to go do this mm-hmm. or see this just because I feel like I was, I, I left LA for a hot, for a hot second, just cause I was like, all I'm getting is scripts about actors ma- trying to struggle in LA. And I'm like, there's nothing wrong with that. But like, if mm-hmm. that's the only story that's being told and the only story I'm being presented, I'm like, there's so many other stories out there that I want to know, want to get to know. And, you know, diverging from that, getting outside of that bubble for a hot second, you know, really helps you be like, oh, these are all these stories that are out there. And like, let's bring that in and like, yeah. That. So. Yeah, her like vast documentary background is yeah. fascinating. And like I, even as someone who's very close with her, I have not, I want, and I want to dive <laughs> into all of her stuff because it's so, I mean, fascinating. And I haven't had the chance to go back mm-hmm. to Bermuda with her yet, but it just seems like such a, like when she was talking about shipwrecks yeah. and like 
and all that, I was like, okay, I just found a reason to get certified. I'm not that I already had yeah. one, but that sounds so cool and so fascinating. And so just like yeah, putting I'm- yourself in a different perspective and different space and different buoyancy, literal like gravity <laughs> difference. <laughs> I mean, I think one of the most fascinating things when she's talking about her documentary work with like Bermuda in particular and like how she was exploring that culture and bringing all these uh, stories to light. I mean, it reminds me of this one of my favorite short docs. It's actually an Ecuadorian short doc called the mm. uh, El Ultimo Yelero, the last, last um, Iceman. And it's about this guy mm. who like still he's like 80. It still goes up um, one of the glacier volcanoes, chips off ice and brings down ice to the town and sells it. And it's like this really in, in Ecuador, like in this town, Whoa. little town in Ecuador. And I'm just like, her story is about like bringing all these little aspects of Bermudan culture and Bermudan yeah. history reminded me of that. And I was like, this little doc made an impact on me because it shows this one little niche story about mm. that cult, my culture, that culture mm-hmm. that um, most people are not aware of. And like yeah. all these like hyper specific cultures are just full of all these little brilliant stories like that and like i i was like she's talking about that i was like i felt so inspired about Mm -hmm. like she's bringing all these stories into the light i think you know through her documentary work i think that's we need that now more than ever yeah yeah (laughs) we always have but it's like now more than ever we need that not only for people understanding each other but also to help maintain these cultures too Mm -hmm. that might be fading because of influence because of globalization because Mm -hmm. of all these things that are kind of taking away the uniqueness of this world you know yes yes so yeah i'm very impressed by her vast documentary (laughs) like commitment to documentary as well and commitment to her homeland as well like that i find so so inspiring yeah yeah i think also someone who grew up abroad um that commitment to her homeland was really impressed like made an impression on me because like i think to see that and see the possibilities sometimes like a lot of people who leave their homeland they have we have a complicated relationship with it um and to be able to look at it and see the positive to see the opportunities to see the stories is is amazing to me yeah yeah Um, i feel like i'm kind of on that other end where i'm a i'm a first generation so i like see that in my parents mm -hmm. you know and like i'm in this place where it's like there were things that they let go of that i'm like but why and i want like and i'm kind of fighting back to you know their homelands Mm -hmm. and and all that just to reconnect with like those things because can feel lonely in America sometimes, you know, yeah. because it's just so many possibilities and there's yes. not like one, you know, but I guess that's what it is. All that is what brings us all together. But yeah, absolutely. In theory, in theory, in theory, in theory, in theory. <laughs> um, practice, it seems. So. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also <laughs> like just her, her breath and knowledge of underwater cinematography. I think that mm-hmm. was super suit for, um, um, insightful. I think yeah. I- I've never it shot. Daunting. Under- it can be daunting, especially like when we go into like, I am an aerial cinematographer. I have a drone license. So like that, that's the other thing. I mean, like when you go start doing these highly specialized fields in cinematography, there are so many other things you need to consider that are beyond yeah. the creative. And I think her just taking the time, like going through all of the things yeah. that you should be thinking about, like even to the fact that like, it would never have occurred to me uh, that like one of the first things you should be thinking about is like 
everyone's comfort being in the water. Like mm-hmm. that's such like a, yeah. you know, basic thing to think about. But like, you know, you would be like, okay, let me, let's make sure the pool is not cold. You know, yeah. like yeah, you would think of that. Yeah. But like, not always. Some people don't, you know, <laughs> but not, some people don't. Yeah. <laughs> but like even like making sure that, yeah, your actors are in a mm-hmm. comfortable position with, when being in the water for that amount of time that maybe your other crew is, you know, comfortable being, yeah. being in the water that amount of time. Like, it's like, oh yeah, that that makes total sense, but mm-hmm. it's not something it you would have. Yeah, yeah. There's so many things on the checklist that, like, as someone who has experience, they'll be able to point to. Because I did an underwater, my first underwater thing last year, and I had another person who's in our class who does underwater cinematography, Jessica Pantoja, uh, help me out with it because I had I had no idea what I was doing um, in that capacity, at least in terms of like how to set up and how to be, mm-hmm. you know, ready for it, and. Just her wealth of knowledge was mm-hmm. just amazing because I was just, there were so many things. And it's so funny too, because the moment you, especially if people are doing it for the first time, everyone yeah. gets really giddy. Like yes. the moment the camera's in the water and suddenly there's things. And there was one point where I was like, all right, I'm going to go underwater. And I was about to dunk it. And Jessica was like, wait, the pressure, like she could see that the pressure, there was like mm-hmm. a red light saying that the pressure wasn't perfect. But like, I'm like, you know, like just excited, <laughs> you know, and thank God I had someone like, you know, making sure that I, you know, cause I just wasn't, yeah. my brain wasn't there, you know, yeah. and especially when you're a cinematographer, you're, you can be so narrow-minded at times mm-hmm. just thinking about the visuals and stuff. And you need those people who will be there to like help you remember all the stuff yeah. outside of that, you know? Yeah. And not, you know, get too caught up in everyone, like taking out their phones and getting excited <laughs> about underwater. It's like, remember, we're still in a space like, you know, where you like thinking about too, how you have the lights, you know, if your light yep. is tall enough that if it falls, it would end up in the pool. You can't do mm, that. That's dangerous. No, no. But sometimes you need the light to be that high to get it into. So it's like this dance of trying to make sure that you're completely safe so that no one is getting hurt. Because again, yeah. it's a film at the end of the day. It is no a one film. should be, no one should be hurt. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. safety first. Yeah. So I'm glad that we were able to get that, and you know, so that these listeners can get a little taste of what that world might look like if they're ever interested in exploring yeah. it. You know, and and where to go first to find the knowledge, um, mm-hmm. and who to hire that would help them find yeah. that. You know, and guide them to the right place. Yeah, and just how to prep for it too. I think that was great insight. You know, I. You know, just taking the little GoPro and going into a pool with your actors. I was like, that's actually yeah. kind of brilliant, you know, yeah. like, because we all have access to a someone, oh, someone, you know, yeah. owns a GoPro. Like, <laughs> someone, so, someone, <laughs> you know, owns one. It's not that hard to get yeah. to find and like, you know, try to figure out, you know, what you want to do if it works, if it doesn't work. And like, I yeah. think that's um, testing, 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 testing all the way, all totally. the way. Testing. <laughs> we are sponsored by testing. <laughs> This podcast is sponsored by <laughs> testing. The general concept of testing. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, she's great. I'm like I I love like she just is so like she is so entertaining too and is able yes. to just like spin these stories in ways that I was just like sitting there just watching it all yeah. go down. So Yeah, yeah. She's very everything. ebullient. I think that's mm. a, that's the right word, ebullient. I like that. <laughs> oh um, man. Yeah. You're right. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> thank you for joining us today. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening today. Please follow us on Instagram at the ICFC. You can also reach us by writing to ICFCpodcast at gmail.com. This episode was produced by Emilia Mendieta Cordova, Fabian Hausepian, Akina Van Develde, Senda Bonet, and Barbie Lung.